we're all born with opportunity to do great things. Just kind of what we've, the cards we've dealt and I've been lucky to have a lot of people in my life, my parents and, and the like to instill great values in me that have helped me see things for what they are and I guess take opportunities as they come. Let's look at this bronze medal tussle. Levy from Australia against Wang and Serrano. Levy needs to just finish a little bit stronger than Serrano. He's claimed the Chinese. Can Levy get on the wall for a bronze medal? He might. He does. What a swim by Matthew Levy. I think from the very beginning, like um, being being born early and, and all those kind of struggles I went through have really helped me, set me up for the success I had later in life. They've taught me the attitude and that mindset, I guess, to, to fight through the challenges and fight for the adversity. And I, I think I don't look at it as uh, something that's negative or something that's uh, that I am um, not proud of or something that I'm not, um, I'm, I'm confused at or any of those kind of things. It's more like, I guess, yeah, it's happened. It's, um, this is, I guess, a card I've been dealt and I kind of need to really make the most of it and make the most of the opportunity that I've got, no matter what that is. Cause uh, I think we all, every person in life, we all have the same amount of seconds in the day. We all have opportunities to do good things. It's having that choice um, and making that choice to do this or not do this or, or do that or, or not do that. And yeah, like just being able to make those choices and learn from those and build on the skills that I've learned. Matt Levy is one of Australia's most accomplished sports people. His swimming career began at just 13 years of age, when he started training for the 2004 Paralympic Games in Athens. He competes in the S7 category. Swimmers in this class have use of their arms and trunk. They have limited leg function, or are missing a leg or parts of both legs. Matt was born 25 weeks premature, has cerebral palsy, and his vision impaired. Matt Levy's life is one of incredible accomplishment and is one that inspires a nation. To have excelled as he has, it is safe to say Matt is one of Australia's all-time greatest athletes. mindset I guess that they instilled in not just myself but also my, my sisters as well and it was more about if I was struggling for something it was more about well just keep taking one step one step at a time that kind of thing and it's the same I guess when with everything I do today if you can't do something it's just really about trying to find another way to do it and always a way to accomplish something it just might be different or might be slower or it might be uh, a different way of approaching it but obviously you got an opportunity to do something, it's just really about uh, understanding how your body can do it and what you kind of can do to, to get to that end state, whether that's to take my first step after a brain operation, whether that's to learn to talk or learn to tie my shoelace. It was really about encouragement and the understanding that things that I do might be different, but it's a matter of, I guess, getting there my own way at the end of the day. 
I'm trying to think about what it's like to spend all of your formative years or many of your formative years in a hospital environment or recovering from being in a hospital environment and then being yeah. different from all of your peers around you. And, and as a parent, how you, how you use that to build your child, you know, in a positive way to, to, to give them that growth mindset, like you say, you know, like to teach it and, and impart on them how to set goals how to keep moving forward when it feels like I imagine from your perspective that you were starting so far behind everyone else who it seemed to come so easy to, like I can imagine as a child, it would be so easy to fall into, you know, this is all too hard, you know, regardless of what my parents' attitude is, it's, you know, it all feels very unfair. I, I don't deserve any of this. Like all of those emotions I can imagine would be so natural. And yet you, you seem to have been in a way, not inoculated from it, but certainly guided through that in a really impressive way and i'm interested in in what your parents or the people around you or how they were able to get you to that headspace you know obviously some of it is inbuilt you know you're an extremely competitive person who's done extremely well within that environment i'm sure part of that is 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 part of how you're intrinsically built i'm sure that from what you're describing a lot of that was from the people around you as well and i'd love to sort of nut down to if you can think about what those things were i was in the neuro ward for most of it after many operations and that kind of stuff so I can only imagine that mindset to keep going that mindset to uh to uh from my parents to keep me going and to keep my attitude high and all that kind of stuff would have stemmed from seeing people with far worse circumstances than me or circumstances that were terminal and 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 really a lot worse than what I was in and I, I, I can only imagine that would be enough to to have a parent really understand that well my child's not in as worse a situation as mm. as that child in the bed next to me it's yeah, really about trying to put one step in front of the other and really nurture them to something better than they were at that stage and I think um thinking back to my times in hospital um I had many times when I was in hospital over Christmas for example and uh, yeah. I remember um celebrities coming in um whether it was the New South Wales Origin team whether it was music stars, um, radio stars. Um, so I think that would have helped to keep the morale going and keep the, mm. I guess, that positive vibe and positive attitude. And, and yeah, you want to be going out of that situation in a positive light. And I guess that's a lot better attitude to go into and out of than um, being all doom and gloom every time you go to hospital if you're doing that for years on end. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. In some way that becomes the new normal. And so you have to make yeah. it something that's a positive experience, I imagine, as a parent for your child. Because as much as you can, yeah. <laughs> as much as you can, yeah, because that's something that they're going to have to live with and you, you don't want them to live in a world where it's constantly negative. You, yeah. you want them to be seeing the hope, you know, and that's the key, I suppose, is to having something to look forward to. But I imagine that becomes something of a superpower when you start putting it into an athletic environment because you're so conditioned to see everything as something that you break down into small goals and then master those small goals and know that the improvement is coming with the appropriate amount of effort and with the appropriate team because that's just life, I imagine, for you at that point in time. Like that's, that's all you've ever known. So translating that into a performance pursuit like elite swimming, I imagine that must have been fairly natural. Yeah, I guess nothing's natural but um yeah definitely helped from that perspective because I guess it was already ingrained in terms of the breaking down the goals and kind of understanding what where you need to go and how you need to get there but I guess yeah the proof's always in the pudding with the execution but uh 
yeah, it was definitely, it was still really difficult, but I guess the bare bones were there and definitely helped me in my 20 plus year swimming career to understand that and to understand that from the very beginning. It's definitely helped me stay thereabouts at the top of the tree in terms of competitive. Definitely allowed me to continue to improve and continue, I guess, uh, make teams and all that kind of stuff um, instead of trying to learn it on the run and learn it um, while I was doing it. A lot of young athletes suffer early on in their career. They don't understand that you need to have that attitude. You need to have that commitment. You need to be able to break down that big goal into smaller goals and really kind of understand that every training session is a chance to improve and not just improve to get closer to that end goal, but to improve each facet of what you do and instill that positive attitude that can help you after your sport, um, in your work life, in your family life and all that kind of stuff as well. What, what made swimming the sport of choice? <laughs> it wasn't so. a choice by me per se. It was more just mainly for health reasons, um, having a neurological disability and being born early, uh, being in the water, um, you do things a lot easier. It's always been and still is a form of rehab and a form of health. And um, yeah, that's kind of where it started. And uh, yeah, I've kind of done it ever since. Probably started competitive swimming maybe 12, 13 years of age. And yeah, so they slowly progressed from, from there. But it's um, yeah, always been a health and form of physiotherapy. There's a difference between having that be a health benefit oh. and, and escape in a way and, and making it into a career and, and more than yeah. a career, a professional career um, at an elite level. What was it that first made you aware of the fact that you could transform this into an elite pursuit? Um, I guess it was watching the Sydney Paralympic Games in 2000. We saw him just a few moments ago in that profile on the 4 by 100 metres relay team. And away they go, Fraser got a reasonably good start, so too did Fuller. Trying to wheel in Borello outside him, but Fraser's run a very good bend. It will be the American world record holder that will lead them into the straight. Fuller still in the mix for a medal, but Fraser streaking down the straight. On the outside, Green the American, it could be Fuller for the silver though. Here are Fuller's closing in on him. Fraser, if he can hold on, will take it. Fuller lunging on the line, Australia! Australia have won the gold medal, I fancy, to Australia. Timothy Matthews over the line, world record. They've shattered it. They have destroyed the world record. 348-47. in second place. Real challenge, though, for the silver. Coming from Pollock. Pastore is going to win the gold, and it's going to be desperately close for the miners. But Pastore wins gold in three minutes, 2.91. Second goes to Pollock, third to Stockham. And that three minutes... Hernandez won't catch her, neither will Driscoll. Gold medal to Australia. Savage has won. The official results. Savage of Australia in 348.52. Driscoll her, road race nemesis in the silver. Hernandez in Mexico in the bronze. Blackmore a very clever in the seven. I kind of, um, it wasn't so much being good at it at the very beginning. It was more, I guess, getting a love for it because I think at the end of the day, uh, you have to have a passion for something to want to do something at a high level and want to do something more than just therapy and health. Uh, so for me, I guess it was back then in 2000 when I kind of saw people with competing apparel at the Paralympics in 2000 in Sydney um, with far worse disabilities than myself. And that was, like, I guess, kind of where I kind of started the understanding that, yeah, I can do this more than just a couple of sessions a week. I can do this. I, I have an understanding for it and a passion for it. And 
I really want to, I guess, compete like they are competing. And it's kind of where it started. And yeah, kind of progressed slowly from there and made my first games in 2004. What was it like to see the, the Paralympics in person? What was that experience like? Yeah, it was um, a bit of an eye-opener because like, I had done a few um, disability races and that kind of stuff and experienced a bit of what the Paralympics is all about from local meets and that kind of thing. But to watch something of that calibre on the world stage is pretty pretty impressive. And, yeah, it was, it was great to see, I guess, people from all walks of life with different disabilities, missing arms, missing legs, in wheelchairs, competing and really enjoying themselves, um, not just in the pool, but other sports as well. And yeah, I think we really embraced it as a country. The Sydney Olympics was such an inspiring event for so many people. It feels like it's the origin story for such greatness in, in so many people. But to turn around from that experience and then four years later be competing at an Olympics yourself, to me, seems like almost a unattainably fast rise that shows something truly special what was it like at your first Paralympic Games when you realized that four years ago you were watching it from the stands and it was inspiring you and suddenly you're that person who's inspiring other people in such a quick time frame that must have been wild going to your first games you have no expectations you have no one knows you uh you have no pressure and I guess being 17 years of age at the time you have no fear um so that definitely does help with improvement and and really kind of pushing those boundaries because you have no comprehension of boundaries so i guess that made it kind of easier in a way to make my first team because no one expected and i didn't expect it myself but yeah the second games was harder because you had that expectation you had that um Mm. added pressure because you made that first games and you want to improve on that first games results and and all that kind of stuff and improve on the times. And as the games progress, that pressure increases. And I guess looking uh, forward to Tokyo this year, yeah, there's pressure, but um, one of the old people in the team. So I guess that pressure is off per se, because they expect other people to win those gold medals or win those races. And for me, it's really about trying to improve on my own personal best and uh, improving on that, on what I do on a daily basis because no one's expecting me to do anything really it's like going back to I guess when I first made the team in the sense that no one expects too much from the the old person in the team they expect (laughs) it from the from the young one the one that's making the debut or on the second second team not the not their fifth so um yeah it's um I guess a good position to be in it's such a powerful force when harnessed, just not knowing what you can or can't do, you know, that, that power of youth where anything seems possible and there's this wonderful un- unknown and, and psychologically that's such a freeing thing and uh, it's such a powerful force when harnessed correctly. always been about controlling the controllables and I can control I guess the the attitude I take into it the the mindset I have towards it and I guess what I kind of think and feel of that situation and if you can kind of continue to build uh, a positive outlook a positive mindset it's not always about being positive it's about having constructive feedback as well you don't want to go around like 
always being happy go lucky to everyone it's really about having a happy medium but having a positive attitude towards the goals and really kind of having a continue to have a progressive uh mindset towards what you're doing and whenever that goal may be you want to be ready whenever that um whenever that opportunity arises i like it how it's it's completely goal focused because that's so applicable to any pursuit it's not just about swimming and the techniques that allow you to perform at an elite level in swimming but it's equally applicable to business or to study or you know whatever you're you're doing but i sometimes feel like it's easy to get lost in that process you know like you can sort of set a series of goals but it, it takes a degree of persistence and diligence and discipline that i think few people possess to actually go through and complete those goals in a structured way that leads to the outcome that they're looking for and to reproducibly do that over and over and over again. I, I sometimes wonder whether there's more to it than just the goal setting. There's something about motivation there, which is sort of the magic source that, that allows it all to, to come together. Like if you look at your record, yeah. uh, Matt, like you're a multiple gold medal Olympian. You, you've got gold medals at world championships over a period from 2013 through to now, um, that's a remarkable level of performance over a really long period of time. And I think that in a way you're underselling how special that is because it's one thing to set one goal and, and achieve it, but it's another thing to be so persistent with those micro goals that you're speaking about that it leads to this sort of outcome. And I'm interested if if when you look back at your career and what you've been able to achieve and how persistent and disciplined you've been with all of these goals that you've set, whether that was something that was intrinsic to your upbringing and the challenges that you faced or whether it's something you've been able to foster in a different way or if there are other techniques that you've used to be so persistent with it because that's what I think so many people struggle with. Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Like it's definitely how I've learned, what I've learned throughout my life and I guess throughout the struggles, but it's also through the, I guess the attitude that I approach it that helps set those goals and helps not just break them down but also be able to adapt and to pivot if I need to at the end of the day goals are just goals and processes are just processes if we don't approach it with the right attitude and I think for me uh, whether I'm approaching a training session or whether I'm approaching something at work it's having that mindset before you get to that activity the attitude makes or breaks what you do it's all well and good to, I guess, say these things, but I think the attitude that you take towards the activities definitely helps in setting the tone for what you're about to do. I'm really fascinated by that that experience of the scrutiny that comes with competition and maybe the shift in focus from inclusivity as being the primary outcome to there being a a more uh, fine-tooth comb applied to who should be competing against who and, and how that should be taking place as it becomes more professionalized. When, when you sort of look at the people that you've been competing against and the people who have been on that journey with you, do you feel like the greater focus has been a net positive or do you feel like in some ways the, the spirit of the games, the Paralympic Games, has been undermined by the commercialization that's been coming through? I think, yeah, it's probably more been undermined by the commercialization because mm. unless you're in a wheelchair or missing a limb, the commercial dollar is probably limited because yes. the general public don't, not that it's not a disability, but if it's not visible, um, it tends to be a bit lost in translation a little bit. So I guess that's kind of a big factor that's kind of probably happened over the last couple of years. And as it 
side to that. Like if you're winning by five, 10 seconds or something in, in your race and you're, mm-hmm. you're called to, you're basically said that you're in the wrong class or you're said that you shouldn't be competing against these people and that, all that kind of stuff potentially. So um, it tends to be very difficult to get sponsors and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It makes it difficult and maybe the waters a little bit because in the Olympics, everyone's just racing together. It's one race. Whereas in Paralympics for, I don't know, 53 style, you've got eight or nine classes. Um, so it's a lot of people to go around. <laughs> it's it's so interesting though, isn't it? Because, you know, if you think about the Olympics event that runs in conjunction with the Paralympics, you know, if you've got someone who's six foot five with hands like fins, you know, who's yeah, at, at competing against that level, no one sort of bats an eyelid if someone who's six foot gets in the pool next to them, who's able-bodied and, and goes and competes and sort of a, just judge that those things aren't, aren't relevant to the professional training environment. But within the Paralympics, someone's physical capabilities is put under such scrutiny relative to their peers in, in a different way. And it, it's also really fascinating that this is like a, a really obvious example of something that I think is in uh, at epidemic proportions within the community more generally about mental health. You know, when you look at people who suffer from really serious mental health conditions and yet because you can't obviously see it, on a day-to-day basis, people assume it's either not real or not relevant to someone's performance. And to me, that's a really interesting psychology that the Paralympics perhaps is highlighting now um, yeah. more than, than previously has been. You've completed an MBA now and, and you work in Westpac Group. I imagine every day you, you must be coming up against some pretty immense challenges within the workplace and with business in terms of just helping businesses out where they're struggling or working with teams and, and trying to get big projects off the ground. Do you feel in some ways like your perspective sets you apart from other people who you work with in that, in that area? Because you've been through so much and you've seen through so much that your perspective must be uh, it, it must seem almost in, in some ways so much more achievable for you than, than for many other people who look at these problems. Yeah, yes and no. I think, um, I guess my approach makes it simple in terms of how I understand things and how I need to get to this, that end state. But when you're working with other people and they don't quite get what you're, how you think and what you're doing and that kind of stuff, it makes it a bit tricky. So you have to kind of dumb it down a little bit. I definitely have to be mindful of overstepping the boundaries or overcomplicating things when I'm trying to explain things to people or being aware that they're not on a sporting background so they might not understand some of the stuff that I know as probably easier to comprehend. One of the things I like about your book is that it's it's almost like a practical guide to achievement. It's um, a memoir in a way, but it also really breaks down the structure of, of how you thought about success. I really love the utility of it because I was, I was reading through it uh, there were so many lessons that I was able to garner just from the approach that you were talking about, which is sort of rare in, in memoirs. A lot of the time, it's it's very hard to distill exactly how to replicate what, what has mm-hmm. been done. But I really love the fact that you took the time to to think about how you structured your success then to impart it on other people. And uh, I'm uh, sure that within your own workplace and certainly within the Paralympic teams as they're coming through, that's uh, a huge benefit to people to have your experience, but also your uh, your structured experience uh, at hand. Yeah, I guess that was the idea of the book. It was something that 
was practical and able to be used in the business world, um, leadership, sport as well. It was a pleasure to to write it, and um, I guess the hardest thing for me to do of that book was probably get the endorsements. But um, <laughs> yeah, it definitely helps having um, some of the endorsements I I had and uh, very practical. One of the things that you talk about in that book is about building a good team around you. And I'm interested if you have any advice to people about how to foster those relationships that are going to take you to success. How do I foster the relationships? Uh, I guess it's really about finding common ground. It's really about understanding where your passions lie and really sourcing out people that have the same values as you, that uh, are smarter than you. I think at the end of the day, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You want people that um, can lift you higher than you think you can go. The people that I have around me, parents, friends, coaches, they're all people that I can kind of, uh, not afraid to ask questions, but also I'm not afraid to, for them to ask questions of me. Matt, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show and uh, it's a real honour for us to talk to someone with such an incredible wealth of experience and achievement. Um, and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to teach us this evening. No worries. Thanks very much for having me. And um, yeah, it's been great to um, chat to you guys. 